I, uh, I know what you're saying. Well, uh, hello everybody out there on Facebook. Uh, welcome to another episode of Views from the Bench. Today I have Jim Stanaway joining me from uh, Goalies Inc. He's also one of our Waha goalie directors, and you're also a uh, one of the directors for Michigan, correct? Yeah, so I'm uh, also a GDL, maybe a GDC for the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, okay. that's, uh, we're still with USA Hockey. They're trying to redevelop their goalie models, so. Yep. You know, a lot of things are still kind of getting in play, especially with the quarantine stuff. Yep. <laughs> it's tough to uh, to really get the people in the place, <clears throat> man, get the people on the, uh, you know, on the bus where they belong and then, yep. uh, you know, try to get going after that. Okay. And, and um, one of the great things is, and what I'm happy to have you on, is we had Tyler Lewis on talking goalies earlier. And, yep. that um, was great. and correct me if I'm wrong, but we first met probably, I want to say it's probably seven, eight years ago. We were... Uh, playing in an adult league tournament. <laughs> right. Oscar, that's an, right? That's an Oscosh. Yeah, that's right. That is. Yeah. That is. Man, I forgot and about then, that. Yeah. And then we started connecting there. And, and I think this was around the same time you were starting up Goalies Inc. You were kind of like, I think you had a pro shop going up in Green Bay at the time. and But you yeah. had to transitioned over. Yeah, so it's crazy how it all kind of interconnected. So I, yeah. uh, I actually moved down to Wisconsin from the UP in 2005. Okay. And uh, my brother, Mike, uh, was coaching the Green Bay Junior Gamblers at the time, uh, mm-hmm. midget team. And he had asked me, I was done playing. He asked me if I wanted to come down and help him coach. And then him and my brother opened up, a, my other brother, Joe, yep. opened up a store called Green Bay Hockey Plus, which was on Packerland Drive in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's that's where I started coaching goalies. Because okay. I, um, you know, not with not necessarily with the, mid, with the midget team, but I was actually working at the store. And... Uh, it had a sheet of synthetic ice in the back. I know synthetic ice is really big now, but yeah. you know, was it twelve years ago or you know thirteen years ago now? Um, you know, no one no one really had it at all. Mm-hmm. So I remember, uh, you know, people started realizing I was a goalie. I just moved into town, so uh, in Green Bay at the time, there's really no goalie coaching. So someone had asked me if I was interested in coaching their kid. I was twenty years old at the time, and uh, yeah. so we actually started doing lessons in the back of the store that had a sheet of synthetic ice that's you know a quarter of a size of a garage mm-hmm. and that's where i actually started training goalies at when i was about uh, 21 years old and uh and then you know now i travel around the u.s and i coach goalies work with ncaa guys pro guys yeah. it's it's been a it's been quite the journey i'll tell you that yeah it's it's awesome. Day, and then she has synthetic ice yeah. one kid and that's awesome because that's part of the thing that I loved about it is because I was kind of starting up the hockey factory at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I remember when I you got, started. I got to see you evolve with Goalies Inc. from, you know, like Oshkosh, you know, a few oh, camps yeah. there to boom. Yeah. I was like watching you were doing something out in Vegas and California. And oh, yeah, that. it's crazy. Like it's so like we did. Uh, so I trained goalies on the, the sheer synthetic ice for a while. Like yeah. one kid told another kid who told another kid. And all of a sudden, you know, a year, year and a half later, I was training, you know, 10, 12 kids per week. Yep. Uh, on a sheet of ice in the back of a hockey store in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one parent came in and asked me if I was interested in doing some ice time. And I called a buddy of mine who was from Marquette, who was running the Oshkosh Y. I don't know if you remember at Tanner Williams. You remember Tanner yeah. Williams? So he, had, he went on to work for USA Hockey for a little okay. while. He was, he was from my hometown, and he was running the Oshkosh Y at the time. Mm-hmm. So we ended up doing a camp in 2008. Okay. And uh, actually, that's where I met Justin Demai. You know Justin pretty yep, well. Yeah, I know Justin. Yeah, I met Justin Demai. He still works for me, or still yep. works for Goalies Inc. Um, so we did a camp in 2008. We had nine kids show up. 
and uh, it was the first camp we did, first camp I ever did. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, fast forward to this year, uh, you know, knock on wood, you know, we'll be able to do all 26 of our camps from Brooklyn, New York, uh, Tampa Bay, Florida, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Seattle, Washington, Vegas, uh, L.A., San Diego, um, you know, throw a dart at the map in the U.S. We probably got a camp there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, it's been it's been a crazy ride. And, you know, it's, you know, I'm very fortunate to be able to do it. Like it's I love doing it. And, uh, you know, I've learned a ton along the way, not only from the yeah. business end, but I've got to work with some pro goalie coaches that just taught me a ton about the position. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, to be able to pass that on and be able to make it a living has is, is been something I would never, ever dreamed I'd ever be able to do. So it's been yeah. awesome. Isn't it crazy to think about, like, going back to your first camp and and where where you started? Because I remember my first camp, I had, like, I think I had 15 kids out there. I had them for a full day, and I charged 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. Like, I think my, my first camp, I think, was 50 bucks for a weekend. Yeah. Like, I was, like I, I was just thrilled to get people to sign up at that point, right? <laughs> I'm sure it was awful. Like I'm sure it wasn't even that great. You know, like I, I look, I look back at it now. I'm like, what was I doing? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like nowadays, like I feel like I got a little bit better grip on what I'm doing. Yeah, like, like when the first person signed up, you were. Like, I remember being like, wow, like that's neat. Right. Like, no, I still, like, I still get like that when people sign up. I'm like, whoa, somebody signed up. Awesome. Yeah. Like that's oh, awesome. Then all of a sudden, like I, I'm going, yeah, going back to what you're saying. You remember your first camp? I remember my first camp and. Uh, no joke. Like this is probably what the funniest was. Like I said, oh, you can sign up online if you want. If not, you can walk in the door. And I had like five people sign up like online. So like sweet. Like there we go. Like it's awesome. Right. And then I had about like twenty five people walk in. And I remember like I just had myself. And I'm like I, I don't know what to do. And I, I'm not kidding. Uh, one of my employees um, who helped uh, clean the rink and he was one of our custodians yep. at the rink. He knew how to skate. And I remember you there that day. I was like, I was like, dude, you can't clean the rink. I need your help on the ice. And he's like, what? And I'm like, no, no joke. Like, you need to come on the ice. You need to help me. I'm like, I have too many kids. I don't know what to do. Like, and he's like, <laughs> and he's like, he's like, so I'm going from cleaning the rink to being one of your instructors. I'm like, yes. And he's like, okay. So, right. I've, I've run into situations like that too, where. Um, you know, like when we started off, like we had the nine kids at first, but like yeah. once we started like booking out camps, like we used to book out at 24 and that's like what we would fill at. Yeah. And then a couple of years ago, we, we switched it to 32 and yeah. like having 32 goalies, like there was a couple of camps I did this year with 40 goalies. Yeah. And uh, like, it's, it's like, it's organized chaos, but it's, it, it just, when you, when you function it right, like it just works. Yep. And um, you know, just, <laughs> I think about it all the time because we started off, with these nine kids and like it's crazy because some of those nine kids like those original nine kids like some of them graduated from high school last year <laughs> like like it's amazing and then uh you know just being able to travel all over the place like i look back on that kind of stuff all the time i'm like i shake my head i'm like oh my god what was i doing <laughs> yeah I, it's, it's uh the other side of that too is crazy like it's some of the first kids in my few camps all of a sudden now they're playing men's league with me and i'm like looking at them oh, yeah. oh, oh yeah gosh like you know, I'm still waiting for the first kid that I ran through intro to hockey with that's going to, like, you know, I taught how to skate, that's going to be right. playing men's league, like either in a tournament or yeah. something with me. We're it blows your mind to look back on that stuff. Yeah. You know? It all goes so fast, right? I know. We're getting, we're getting old, man. So yeah. let's do it. Um, a good talk there. But I just want to get more into, like, you started Goalie Zinc. And, um, but before that, you obviously got into some coaching. And uh, So what is your coaching history? How did you like, obviously get into it and things like that? Oh man. So like, you know, growing up in the UP and like, it's the same thing with Wisconsin. I mean, you know, you know, for a long time that, 
you know, everywhere in USA hockey, it was really tough to get any type of goalie coaching at all, yep. period. So, like, when I was growing up, um, we had a Division One college in town uh, with NMU. So every once in a while, I remember some guys from NMU would come out and help me. Uh, I remember going to, and maybe maybe you, uh, this might ring a bell for uh, name-wise, uh, you guys, you know the uh, the guy's name, Billy Pye? Does that ring a bell? So Billy yeah. Pye, uh, he played for uh, NMU in 91 when they won mm -hmm. a national championship. And I was like six or seven years old. And I was like the very first camp that I ever went to. Mm -hmm. And so he, he runs actually a goalie school in Dallas, Texas now. Okay. And, uh, Billy Pye, it was at the Billy Pye Academy. Shout out for Billy there. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so like, it was, it was really weird because I, I remember going to that when I was a kid and in Marquette. And when I started coaching goalies again, I reached out to him like, hey, like I went to your camp when uh when i was a kid and then i was actually i wanted to go to dallas and just kind of like work with him and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that because he was kind of he was doing the same thing that i want to do this is you know a while ago when i first started so i did that when i was a kid but other than that uh besides my dad coming out on the ice my dad wasn't a goalie but he'd just come shoot some pucks and try to figure it out and this is back even before the internet so it's not like you could go look up a bunch of drills on the internet and uh you know try to figure it out yep so my dad would come out and he would help uh, a couple of nmu guys every once in a while guys that play with my brothers um other than that like i didn't really have even in college i really didn't have a goalie coach at all yep. um so it, it was really kind of few and far between on what i got uh, there wasn't a lot of camps that came through the UP either, so there's nothing that you could really do unless you traveled away. Uh, so I never really got any of that. But when I came down to Wisconsin, it was kind of the same deal. There really wasn't anything. I think St. Norbert had a, a one-week camp in the summertime, but uh, there really wasn't anything else. So that's kind of how I jump-started into it, is that I was coaching the midget team with my brother, but being a goalie and having a little bit of a coaching experience playing college hockey, uh, people were – you know, wanted to invite me out and see what I did. Yep. Um, you know, some of the, one, of the, one of the first kids I coached, uh, you know, he started a preseason game in the USHL this year, which was pretty crazy too, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, so my, my, my background for getting coached, you know, isn't that uh, yep. crazy, you know, kind of probably, probably, you know, someone in the mid to mid to early nineties wasn't really getting anything either. It wasn't goaltending yep. really pushed back then. Uh, nowadays though, from a coaching aspect, um, I got the opportunity to work with, with like Mitch Korn, Mitch mm -hmm. Korn, is like the, you know, the, the goaltending Yoda, you know, yep. if, if, if you could, uh, think about that, uh, he's, he's kind of like the outside the box thinker. Um, he coached like Dominic Hoshik, uh, Pekka Rene, mm -hmm. won a Stanley cup with Washington coach Braden Holpe. Okay. Uh, now he's the director of goaltending for the New York Islanders kind of yep. uh, followed Barry Trotz around after he was in Nashville. Yep. Um, but like Robin Lehner's resurgence is all because of Mitch. I shouldn't mm -hmm. say that, but you know, a lot because of Mitch. He uh, lot him. Yeah, he did a lot to him. You know, I, I can I can see I know how Mitch coaches. I learned a lot from him, so I can see that implemented into into Braden. I can see that implemented into uh, in a Robin's game, which is really kind of cool to see at the NHL level. Kind of the same stuff that I teach kids. Mm -hmm. You know, the basic stuff I teach kids is still getting implemented at the NHL level, which was really cool too. Okay. But so I got the opportunity to do that. Um, I've coached Junior A. Uh, I've coached the Marquette Royals when they're in the Minnesota Junior Hockey League, and then mm -hmm. the, when they switched over to the uh, USPHL as well. I work with uh, GDI. Sorry, keep on going on. No. Uh, I work, work with GDI. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Honick from GDI. He uh, he does some national camps. He's actually the Central District um, goaltender in chief or uh, goaltender coach in chief. 
uh, for the central district as well. It's kind of how I got hooked up with Waha okay. is that he, uh, when he took over the job, he asked me if I was interested in it and, you know, being buddies with Ryan, Ryan's a good guy. So I uh, decided to jump on and help out with that. And yeah, and uh, I work with NCAA, I work with uh, Northland College. I'm a consultant mm -hmm. with Northland College. So I drive up there and work with their goaltenders as well and kind of work as much as I can, you know. Yeah. Love that drive to Ashland, huh? Oh, man, it's a great drive. Let me tell you, especially in the middle, middle of January or December. It's my yep. favorite drive. I remember the bus trips out there from where I played at Lawrence. I was like, oh, man. And then you get into Ashland for the first time. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> right. This is uh, yeah. I remember. I, so I, I live in Marquette. My brother, one of my brothers lives in, lives in mm -hmm. Duluth. So like driving across the western Upper Peninsula, like you, you hit Ashland, you're like, all right, I'm almost in Duluth. And you just flow right through it. Yep. Well, the guys, the guys in Ashland, there are guys at Northland are, are really nice. I, uh, you know, they 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 create a culture up there that I think that uh, they're going to see a lot of success here coming up. They're they're doing a, a lot of good recruiting, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, Coach Seamus and Coach Lennon are you know are uh, great. A, I love working yep. with them, and uh, the culture they the culture they have up there and the passion they have for hockey is unbelievable. So. Awesome. Well, I want to get into some goalie questions. A lot of our parents and coaches out there, they're, they're curious to kind of pick your brain on things. So we'll start it off. Um, what, is, what, in your opinion, what age should goalies look to specialize in the sport? Um, I think it depends on the kid. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think when, once it comes to hockey in general now, but goaltending particularly, um, you know, some kids, you know, they get it right away yep. and some kids it takes a while. It's, yep. You know, I, I always uh, talk about trusting the process. There's a, you know, I'm sure that uh, you've heard that a million times. Yeah. But in goaltending, particularly, it's you know, you, you have to be a good skater. Mm -hmm. So like, if you can't skate, you can't be a goalie. It's as simple as that. Um, so I always encourage kids like, if uh, if they can continue to skate and learn how to skate and play goalie, like absolutely do it if you want yeah. to, right? Um, I don't think there's a specific age they should specialize. Like if they enjoy doing both, let them do both. At the end of the day. You know, it's it's about creating excitement and wanting them to get to the rink. And it's not about, you know, to me, I'm not a big wins and losses guy. Like I get yeah. care less if a peewee team wins a hockey game. <laughs> like yeah. if they if they come off and they're sweating and they're smiling and they want to come back the next day, like you did your job. Yep. So I mean, if they if they want to uh, specialize as a mite, I would encourage them to continue to skate. But you know, let them play goalie as well. If they don't decide till bantams that they want to specialize, you know more power to them, right? Let them skate out, let them play goalie. And as long as they're having fun, like have at her. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting point you bring up there because you brought up, you don't care about wins or losses. Right. And I, I can't tell you how much I agree with that, especially at the might square peewee bantam level. Right. Um, and one of the things that I, it kind of brings me to that is sometimes what I, I've talked to goalie parents and things like that. And they're, they're always, you know, you know, trying to get on, like making sure their goalies are on the best teams. And hey, right. Sometimes, like I tell goalie pa our parents of goalies, I say, "Hey, like, it's not bad to be on a team that's below average and see sixty shots a game, right?" So, like, right. So, and, I, like when I was a kid, yeah. like I, my dad would put me on teams where I would see sixty shots a game. Like it's the only way that he could figure out that I could develop yep. is by seeing more shots, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, fortunately, kids have a little bit more. You know, have a have different opportunities for to develop, especially in Wisconsin here. <clears throat> but, like, uh, I. I think there's a fine line there because if you have a, an A, A caliber goalie, yep. and he's playing C hockey, he's gonna be bored, right? Yeah. So I mean, there's a fine line there, right? So even yep. though he's getting 60 shots, you know, what are the quality of shots? Yep. Um, so I mean, he, there's a fine line there. I, I think that, you know, 
if you're an A goalie, like, and you're playing on a bad team, like, who cares, right? Like, yep. make as many shots you can, as long as it, as long as they belong at that level. Yep. You know, if they're a B goalie and they're taking 80 shots a game and never win a game, like, who cares, right? Have fun. Yep. You know, there's a mental aspect of that as well, but. I think as long as they're having fun and the, the coach creates the atmosphere, right? So the yep. coach is creating a good atmosphere for the kids and is communicating well and they get blown out, you know, by 10 goals, but they're still coming off with a smile on their face because they know that, you know, maybe the, the team was outmatched or, you know, they still were able to get a goal or maybe the goalie made, you know, 10 great saves. You know, he might got scored on 10 times, but he made 10 great saves, right? So, yep. you know, it all depends on the, the culture that the coaches create. You mm-hmm. know, honestly, and as long as the kids are having fun, you know, have at it. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a good point. Like, a lot of what happens with goalies and teams and things like that are unsuccessful. A lot of it's what their coaches do, right, and how the yeah. coaches present it. And we talk, I've talked before about defining your team's success, and um, a lot of that sometimes on, on teams that are maybe a little bit below average. It's it's not about the wins and losses. It's about you know your attitude, your effort level, and things like yeah. that that can really impact team. You know, and in, in, in you know one of the things that I always try to promote and things that I believe in is that like, there's so much that you learn from sports and hockey in particular, cause it's a cultural sport yep. that carries on for the rest of your life. Like I remember stuff that my coaches told me when I was 15 years old that I still use today. Yep. Sometimes you get crappy coaches and you know, that's okay too. You get crappy bosses or you run into people that you don't, you know, particular enjoy being around. Right. But I mean, that's yep. part of life. Um, you know, but when you get a good coach and you get someone that creates a good culture, and uh, you know, is in it for the right reasons. Then, you know, it, the, a lot of lessons can be learned that carry on for the kids' the rest of their lives. And I yeah. think that there's, you know, there's a lot of value in that. That's just outside of you know how many you know shots you put on net or how many saves you make in a game. Yep. Um, do you have any helpful tips for like coaches like myself who don't really have a background in, in, in goalie coaching or goalie drills to help me during my practices to better? kind of help my goalies? I mean, just communicating, right? I mean, I I can't even tell you how many times I hear from coaches of, you know, I don't even talk to my, they say that I don't even talk to my goalie because I don't even know what to tell them. You know, so all of a sudden your goalie's out on an island, you know, Mm -hmm. a 10-year-old kid is out on an island and no one's even talking to him, taking, you know, 80 shots in a 45-minute practice. Yep. And then, you know, not for no rhyme or reason, right? Yep. I think communication is, is key, right? I mean, even if you ask him how his day at school went or, you know, how the weather is or, you know, mm-hmm. what's his puppy's name or whatever it may be, right? At least communicate with the kid. Yeah. And make him kind of feel welcome and feel part of the team. Um, as far as practices go, I think, you know, ADM and USA Hockey was really pushing for a long time. They could still be doing this of trying to get all the kids involved in drills and try to mm-hmm. eliminate the staying around, which is fantastic. But what I see how that translates into practices is that you see sh- goalies just taking shot after shot after shot after shot and like yep. no nothing in between. So like you, th- you think about how that might translate into a game where a goalie's taking a shot, he's looking this way trying to track the rebound. Then all of a sudden there's another shot coming by his head, <laughs> right? I, I've seen that like all the yep. time, you know, where there's just shot, 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 shot. And it's, it's not good for the goalie. Like you want the goalie to be able to, you know, even if you don't know what to tell him, at least goalie, have the goalie make a save, be able to follow the rebound out and have enough time to get in front of the next puck and then follow the rebound out and get in front of the next puck and not just have flow drills that just are, are a shot every half second. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even tell you how many times I've seen that. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that's crazy because like, you know, like I'm, I'm one of those people that I've, you know, over the years I've, I've gotten conditioned to 
not have the kids stick, uh, standing around in line. Not, and, and I'm trying to go, right? I'm trying to get that momentum up. I'm trying to get the speed yeah. of the drills up. And yeah. like, you know, and, I, and I'm guilty of it where the shot is the reward for the player and it's not the reward yeah. for the goalie, right? And Tyler yeah, touched really. on that. And he's like, you got to remember the shots are our drill. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like I, I, I know, but like, right. like sorry. But, I'm, uh, where's, that, where's that fine line between keeping the pace of the drill up Yes. And then, you know, limiting the shots that are on net so the goalie can actually stop it and track the rebounds, right? Yeah. So there's got to be a fine line there. And it's, you know, to me, it, it would be maybe adding more movements into the drill for the mm -hmm. uh, skaters, right? So not just, you know, just giving a generic drill, mm -hmm. uh, not just like coming around the top of the circle and firing a shot and then the next kid being right behind them, right? Yep. Maybe have the, the kid, you know, go through a couple cones give a little bit of space and then shoot the puck. So then the goalie has time to get the next kid and the next kid or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's the biggest mistake I see coaches make is that it's just shot, 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 shot. Yep. And there's nothing for the goalie and the, and the goalie could get hurt. Right. I mean, yep. you know, one thing I see at youth, youth, uh, goal or for youth goalies is that, you know, all their protection isn't like great. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, like parents, Parents feel like they're buying protective gear because the gear is expensive. Yep. But like, honestly, if they get hit in the head with some of the helmets I see, you know, a squirt goalie have, they might get hurt. they might get hurt if they get hit in the head with that helmet, right? Yep. So like, you know, if you have if you have a kid looking one way and the shots come and hits them in the side of the head, especially that you know the impact on the side of the heads where there's less padding and there's less uh, protection there. Like, I mean, you could have an eight year old with a con concussion. You know, just because the shots are always coming. So I would say slow the shots down a little bit as far as um, uh, how how many you're getting at a time. Um, yeah. You know, maybe integrate more movements in the drills for the forwards, a couple extra turns, whatever it may be. But allow the goalie to take the shot, follow the rebound, and have time to set up for the next one. I mean, that's yeah. helps everybody and in, everybody involved at that point. Yeah, and that's one other thing I too I picked up on too that I, I started learning from Tyler, and you kind of just touched on it too. There is 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 from my perspective as a coach, I also realize how often I'm putting my goalies in unrealistic shooting up, you know, oh, yeah. areas yeah. like I'm yeah. like, oh, like, you know, like I'm telling the kid to shoot from an area and, the go and, and in my head, I'm like, oh, it's a great drill because we're teaching you how to shoot from like this part of the ice. And it realistically, right. it's like the goalie's like, I see like three shots here all season. <laughs> like, right. Right. like, well, well, like also, also what I see is that, uh, you know, it, you know, the, the amount of times that a stationary drill happens. So like even in some goalie camps where goalie do 10 movements and then set his feet and that shooter's not moving, the shooter's just standing still yep. and then taking a shot. Like how often does that really happen in the game? Right? Yes. Mm -hmm. You're pushing shuffling, you're moving around, but like how often is that goalie going to be able to set up and wait five seconds before a shot's taken and then follow the rebound yep. and start the drill over. Right. There's gotta be some yeah. sort of flow when you're doing goalie drills. There's gotta be some sort of flow, right? There's gotta get yep. the goalie, moving even if that even the kid set up on that on that uh shooter and that shooter took you know a foot stride towards the middle and then took the shot at least there's a little bit of flow to that 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 yeah. guy's gonna be able to stay with that puck a little bit more and just instead of just being a stationary shot like i see i see uh coaches that are just put the pucks in the middle shoot glove shoot blocker and they do warm-up drills the entire practice and hey like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. And uh, I see that so much that, you know, even if they took that puck and they moved, you know, a foot to their forehand and shot, at least there's a little bit of movement, a little bit of flow to that goalie's game yep. that they get used to and not just, you know, all right, shot, shot, shot. And then they go to a game and coach is like, why'd you let that puck in? Well, yeah. you're not practicing anything. What do you, what do you want them to do? 
You know, yeah. we asked we asked Coach Tyler the same question, and I'll throw it out there to you because it's so like crazy how as and I I'm guilty of it. Like I've done it where I'm running power skating, right? I got my two two teens on the ice. We got power skating right now, and then I got two goalies out there. And then I looked I looked down the you know my down my bench at my coaches, and I'm thinking to myself, well, who can help me do power skating, right? Who can demo the drills, right? And then I go, okay, there's identify the four that can do it. And usually the one I didn't identify is the one who has the least amount of hockey experience. But what I'm saying to that guy is, hey, like, go, go, go where all my goalies. And <laughs> that guy is going, you know, deer in headlights. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And right. you know, like, and that's totally unfair to that goalie. And the best part about it is when he's warming them up, he ain't hitting glove, right? <laughs> like, he's going over the net. He, he's just throwing muffins at him, hoping, hoping he <laughs> yeah. hits him the yeah. slot. And like that's a huge mistake coaches do, and then they're wondering why their goalies aren't warmed up. It's like, well, you said right. fifteen at the glove, like only three got there, you know. <laughs> like, right. I, know, I, I see that all the time too. Like it's, you know, I, I, I laugh a little bit, but I mean, it's 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 not good for the goalie. No. But like at the end of the day, like you have a volunteer out there, probably. Yep. You know, he's a dad, you know. Maybe you know what? Maybe he's not a dad. And he just is is passionate about hockey. Maybe yep. never played growing up. Yeah. So like you hate you hate to laugh at something like that, but like like from a goalie standpoint, like it, it doesn't do any good. No, and, uh, you know they're 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 pretty much just keeping occupied. They're not really working on anything, especially if, you know if you ask ask they you know to get glove side shots and they're going four foot four feet to the blocker hand. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, I love it. I love it too. And this is a huge. No, and I've, I've I've actually stopped doing this. I mean, I don't think I've ever done it. But the other thing too, I've noticed that coaches make the mistake doing is they also send down the guy who lets wicked clap bombs go. <laughs> and you're talking about like a, a squirt goalie that might weigh 70 pounds and it's not a guy that's 225 just letting bombs go. And you know what, honestly, like when I first started, like like when I was a kid, I had a brother that could absolutely fire the puck. Like he yep. broke both of my hands playing goalie. Yep. Like, you know, I had a blocker hand. I, block, I took a blocker uh, shot from him one time. He shattered the top of my, my uh, hand. Yep. Like he, he could absolutely rip the puck. And so that's how I, I mean, that's how I learned how to play goalie, right? Yeah. It's like it's my brother ripping pucks at me. And uh, so like when I first started, you know, training goalies when I was really young, like I didn't know anything else. So I remember taking slap shots at like this Mike goalie. Like his dad was yelling, it was like, yeah, shoot harder, shoot harder. So I'm like, all right. So then like the kid like took one of the chest and he started crying. And I'm like, oh my God. Like the dad was yelling at him, you know, to, to suck up the tears. And I'm like, oh my God. Like I just made this kid cry. And I'm like, you know, I'm 21 years old. Right. Yeah. And um, he takes off his Jersey and like, he's barely wearing a chest protector. <laughs> like, like he, like the chest protector he's wearing, was made for like might rec league. Yeah. <laughs> like not even, not even to like take a shot at. Right. You know, Price across the chest. Right. It's just more there in case somebody falls on him. So he doesn't yep. cut his chest up or something. Right. And I'm sitting there taking slap shots at the kid. <laughs> You know, so I uh, I learned real quick after that. That was kind of a you know uh, an eye opening moment for me. <laughs> that uh, you know, learned that the kids' equipment isn't quite as uh, as up to par as it should be. Yeah, I uh, you know I still I still see that though too. Like I and I you know if a kid's like a peewee, right? You know whatever, shoot the puck at him. But you know I get these like seven year old goalies and that and a guy's shelf net on them. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, it gets even worse yeah, than that too because yeah, I, can't, I can't, I can't complain about that. Like I'll score a goal like anybody else, but yeah. <laughs> you know, like putting a bar down on a seven-year-old might be pushing it. Yeah, and then you always, I mean, the same in the same respect. Maybe it's not the guy who's warming up the goalie, but I always love seeing the kid like at a squirt practice. You know, he's doing the drill with the kids. You know, he, in his mind, he's showing off, right? So, right. You know, he's not going through the cones as fast, but where he's going to make it up and show these kids that he can that he can play is he's, he's going to go bar down on a slap shot. He ends up going just lets in a howitzer go off the kid's head. Like, like, what are you doing, man? Like, like, and it's usually from the hash marks. Besides, you know, like, who are you trying to impress, man? Who cares? Like, right. you yourself. Um, oh man! Oh yeah, that's 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 a classic. That's a classic yeah. move. Yeah, for sure. Like, go ahead. So, um. Uh, besides the helpful tips you can help on goalies in practice, I want to talk about gains a little bit and uh, get into that. And one of the things is, as as a coach too, we we don't quite understand sometimes what goalies need, or we or or we think we do. And I think right. that's also one of the biggest problems is. And um, like for instance, how how early? Let's say you have two goalies. How early do you want to let that goalie know that he's starting, especially at the Pee Wee Bantam High School age? Because you yeah. see a lot of mixed reviews on it. Some people like to keep their goalies on their toes. Some like to let them know as early as possible. Like, where's your stance on it? I think you just got to feel the kid out, right? Okay. I mean, we're all individuals. You know, we yeah. all react things differently. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of telling a goalie before a game, but you know, some goalies might not want the pressure on them. Like, some goalies might get yeah. nervous, right? Um, I think you know year by year or goalie by goalie, you just have to figure out, mm -hmm. you know, how your goalie will mentally react, mentally react to it. You know, for yep. me, like when I was playing, like I need to know cause I did, you know, I was a ritual guy. So I did certain yep. things um, differently when I was playing versus when I didn't play, um, you know, mentally prep myself differently. So I need to know ahead of time, but I know some guys that would be too nervous uh, to even know. And they'd, you know, it'd wreck their whole game if they didn't know right before the game started. Yep. So I think, I think just knowing the kids, and mm -hmm. knowing what your goalie needs is, is the big part of it. I don't think there's a set way to do it. Yep. Um, I think you just have to get to know your kids, talk to your kids, and you know, see what they want. If they want you to, you know, know ahead of time, then tell them ahead of time. If not, yep. then you know, do your thing and tell them right before the game. Okay. And then another common question that, you, like, I have, and I know other coaches do as well, is, you know. It, it comes to a game and, and it comes to when to pull a goalie because sometimes you never want to pull a goalie too early, but sometimes you don't want to pull a goalie too late. Right. And then you're also worried about the kid's confidence for the next game. So I'm like, I feel like whenever that question comes up on when to pull a goalie, like I never have the right answer. And I, and I, I always struggle with that. Like, so do you have any tips for goal for comes to coaches when they have to, you know, start to make that call to pull the goalie? Um, I think, again, I think it just depends on the kid, right? Yep. Like I, um, you know, I, I'm always a big fan of, you know, if you're going to pull them, especially at the youth levels, like yep. when you get the Bantam in high school, it's a little bit different because, you know, yep. games start to matter a little bit more. Yep. Um, you know, if you're playing at a high level Bantam, you know, if you're, if you're talking triple A hockey and yep. guys getting looked at by the USHL and OHL or whatever else, then it, it starts to matter at the youth level is your BC level, um, you know, pull them and talk to the kid. You know, if he's, yep. if he's emotionally wrecked, leave him on the bench. If he just needs to reset himself, put him back in the game, right? Yep. It's, you know, at the end of the day, if the kid's not having fun, like what's, what's the point, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not, again, I'm not big on wins and losses. If I lose 10 to one or win 10 to one, like I'm, it doesn't matter to me. As long as the kids, um, as long as the kids have fun, right? It's still fun yep. to lose 10 to one, but again, that's creating that culture, right? It's creating mm -hmm. that culture of, all right, you know, you know, we didn't lose, we learned something or whatever it may yeah. be. Right. And uh, I, I, you know, it, when it comes to pulling a goalie, like you don't want to kill the kid's confidence. Um, mm -hmm. 
but you know you also want to make sure that he realizes hey like this isn't on him you know it could be on him but you, yep. know, you know it is it's not on you you know why don't you take a breath get a drink of water and then we'll put you back in, in the third period or whatever it may yeah. be yep. and you know i'm always a big fan of giving the kid a second opportunity he knows that you have confidence in him in him and he's gonna have a lot more fun he's gonna enjoy coming to the rink more and at the end of the day that's what it's all about anyways so yeah and that's yeah. It's just not for goaltending either. And that's something I always try to tell coaches out there. It's like, it's, you brought it up, confidence, right? And yep. something that I don't like, you know, coaches don't get all the time is that if you take away a kid's confidence, it's not – that confidence just doesn't bounce back like a day yeah, later, right? Like, absolutely. I had some bad coaches in my day. Yes. Like I've, I've had some coaches that did things when I was in, you know, Bantams or high school that I still remember. And I'm like, what the heck? What, yeah, what are you thinking, like, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like I had, I had some old school coaches, right? Like yeah. used to have an old USHL team in the, uh, in Marquette called the, uh, Iron Rangers. Mm -hmm. And like some of these guys that played for the Iron Rangers stuck around town. So you had these, like, especially in the, in the early nineties and mid nineties, mm -hmm. like you had these guys that were just these old school coaches. And that mm -hmm. was back before, like, you know, like, uh, mental awareness was a thing yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, like a uh, kid, you know, underperforming because he's just not confident. Like it'd just be like, suck it up and go out there and do it. Yeah. And there's some things I remember, you know, 15, 20 years later that I'm like, oh, my God, like I can't believe that the guy, the guy did that. Yeah. And like, I just think that, you know, it's, it's a different era back then for sure. And uh, nowadays, you know, we have to manage people. Like it's, it's about managing people. Um, yep. You know, it's not just going to coaching hockey. It's about managing people, creating the culture. I say that a lot, but yep. it's, uh, you know, getting to know your players. Let's not be a cookie cutter coach. Let's actually get to know each player and, and coach them individually. Some kids, you know, they may like the intensity. They might like yep. you to yell at them or whatever. You know, some kids, they don't function like that. Yep. And that's the way it is. And you, get, you really got to get to know the kids and know how you got to coach them. Yep. I think that's something that's interesting because you're, you're, you're born in the same era that I was. And, and, yep. and growing up, we kind of – us like early eighties babies and stuff like that. We've, we've kind of had both of the lifestyles, right? Because yeah. um, we, we grew up with, with some old school coaches that were from the seventies that had the tough love concepts. Right. Yeah. But as, as we've, as we've gotten older though, the, the game has changed to where you talk about being more mentally aware of how our players react to our actions. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like the internet. Like we, we, we were there for like the dawn of it and we kind of got through it. So we're, we're very, proficient in it same thing with coaching and and i think it's yep. one of the great things about it like people our age of coaching is that we we've seen both sides of it and, and for us we've had we've had that experience of both sides of it which has allowed us to kind of do a little bit of both right that yep. we know how yep. to turn it on but we also know how to turn it off and i think right. that's one of the things that some coaches don't quite get is the turning it off part because like right. you like your goalie is the number one person on the ice for you period yeah. right yeah. You can have the worst centerman on the team, and he has, a, or you know, and he's not going to affect you that much. But if your goalie is not performing at his peak level, you're in trouble. And that's yep. what I always say to coaches: like, why would you go and try to ruin the confidence of your goalie by being too hard on him? Right. Like, if you know what your goalie needs, and he needs the confidence boosting, like, don't be afraid to be that guy. And if you can't be that guy, find a coach who can be. Right? Yeah, yeah and, absolutely. Right. Yep. And that's one of the other thing too that I found out is really great is. Um, and I've, I've been blessed to have some assistant coaches who have been great, like goalie coaches, like my brother and I've had Maddie Taylor. And I've always found a way to get a good goalie coach on my benches. And I've always told coaches, sometimes with goalies, it's not a bad thing just to pull a parent out of the stand who's calm, even if he doesn't know the sport. That's yeah. that sometimes all goalies need, right? It's just yeah. that calming presence that, the, 
you know, and talk, like you said, communicate. communicate with it, right? Yeah. And that's that's all it boils down to, right? Even yeah. if you have a bad game, if you have somebody just say, hey, give them a pat on the back, right? You know, talk about, you know, you know, how his school's going, whatever it may yeah. be. You know, talk about, you know, what he's gonna do, like, you know, when hockey's over or like mm-hmm. when the game's over, like going home, you know, you're gonna go jump in the pool, like whatever it may yeah. be. Right. Like let the kid enjoy it. Yep. And you know, there's a lot of pressure on them already. And you know, I know a lot of goalies, kids that, you know, they don't know how to verbalize the amount of pressure that they have on them. Yep. And it's your job as a coach to really recognize how much pressure that the goalie has and really relieve that pressure as much as you can, because yep. a lot of kids just can't function with pressure on them. They may be a fantastic goalie, but once that pressure and that anxiety hits, like they're just going to freeze up and it's just a natural reaction when you have that anxiety to, to you just can't perform that high. And, um, you know, if you talk to a kid, it's amazing what you can do when you just communicate. It really yep. is. And, and I think that's a big thing that lacks in youth hockey. And, and I hear it all the time about, coaches that just don't know how to handle their goalie and, and yeah. what i hear more about is you know what the goalie does bad yep. and not what the goalie does well right mm-hmm. especially at the goalie coach like my kid's got this problem this problem this problem like everyone's got problems <laughs> like yeah. like yeah. nhl goalie's got problems like of course he does yep. right you know what does he do well because we can build off of what he does well yep oh so it's it's tough to you know especially mid-season it's tough to correct a problem that he might have been having you know, for the last four or five years, yep. you know, let's think about what he does well and then create a culture, create an atmosphere to enhance what he does well. Mm-hmm. And even at the NHL level, when I talk to the NHL coaches, I know like they, their whole job is to maximize what goalies do well and mm-hmm. minimize what they don't do well. Right. Cause at that level, you know, at any higher level, like the goalies got there for a reason, they're obviously good, mm-hmm. but you know, at a certain time they need to be able to perform and they need to be able to create a game and a structure around what they do well. And, you know, that's the goalie coach's job. You'd be able to, and that could be any coach's job to be able to recognize what the goalie does well and make him enhance or or try to get him confident in what he does well to continue to do that and not pull back because he's unconfident. He's got this anxiety. What, what can you help me? Because that's the first time I think that's brilliant what you just said. What can, what are the things to help me as a coach that I can say or do to coaches that can help me maximize? Because I, I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm just as guilty as what you just said there in regards to looking at what are my goalies did bad. Because I, you know, like every once in a while you have a goalie makes a miraculous save. You, you talk yeah. about that, right? But yeah. as a coach, we more or less, we more, we more are likely to say, well, he let that muffin in from the blue line. He should have had that, right? right, right and right. we say that nine times out of ten, not right. nine times out of ten, you know, the great things that goalie did. What are things right. that you can do to help me build on that for goalies, like, you know, focusing on his positives? I, I think just, you know, recognizing the positive in the whole yep. game. Right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like sometimes a goalie makes a save he shouldn't have made, right? Yep. Is he going to make that save every time? Probably not, right? You know, um, you know, talk about the things he did well. He squared up well. He made a good yep. save. Like he he controlled his rebound. He 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 tracked the puck into his body and followed it out. You know, simple things like that. And and goaltending isn't like this crazy, you know, no one can figure it out type of position, yeah. right? It's 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 really about, especially nowadays, it's simplifying what we do, right? I'm sure yeah. when you're coaching a team, like you want to simplify everything, you know, get the puck across yeah. the blue line you know, to carry it in, dump it in, whatever type of system that you're coaching, right? Simplify what you're doing. It's the same thing with goaltending. Mm-hmm. Like some kids are more athletic. Some kids are going to be able to make that big save, right? Yep. But if you if you continually um, talk about the bad stuff or even continue talking about that big glove save that he made yeah. and not just the simple stuff that he did, right? Like using a stick to control the rebound in the corner. Yeah. 
like that's what's going to create those bad habits because all of a sudden the kid's going to want to just make these big glove saves all the time because that's the positive reinforcement they're getting right mm -hmm. they're not getting any any positive reinforcement about the puck hitting them in the chest because they had good positioning yeah like that's the coach is like oh i should have had that save anyways <laughs> well i mean what happens if he wasn't there right yeah. in the net that's your muffin you're talking about right yep. So you want to eliminate the muffin. Let's get the goalie positively, positively reinforced. And all right, we had good depth. You know, our, our heels were where they mm -hmm. need to be. Our, our gloves were in front of our body. You made a good save by tracking the puck in and you followed it out. You made it look easy and that's what you want to do. Right? Yeah. You don't need to make these big flashy glove saves all the time. Yep. And when you, you know, you might get a pat on the back because of it, but a lot of the times the goalie's out of position, right? They're always doing something wrong because they have to make these big glove saves or these big, you know, whatever saves. So I think just really making good positive reinforcement about simple, simple ideas and simple aspects that are really easy to recognize, like good depth. Yep. And, um, you know, you know, having a glove save or a, even, a, even a puck hitting him in the chest because he's in position. Like those are the type of things you want to have positive reinforcement on because the kid's going to automatically, automatically going to uh, recognize that and continue to want to do it. And uh, it's just really about, you know, the communication as well. So I think that's, that's a lot of it to me. Yeah. Now, I hear this a lot. And, and uh, I don't know if you have any other phrases out there that kind of really like get you. Um, but I, I was going to bring it up and I forgot to bring it up with Tyler. But it's one of those things with, with goalies. Do you have any sayings that like really as a goalie, like they get you like, because uh, for me, like I hear coaches and it, it, this one even drives me nuts. Or they look at a goalie and they'd be like, I don't care. I don't think I'm allowed to say it if I, uh, if I say it um, for yeah. me. But uh, I'm not, I'm not a real big phrase guy. Like I, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, I try to keep calm, keep everybody calm, right? Yeah. If they want to get hyped up, let them get hyped up. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not the type to write anything on the inside of my blocker yep. or write something on my stick. Like that just wasn't me growing up. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some kids are into it. Some goalies are into it. Yeah. Like that just, that just wasn't my style. Okay. Uh, but yeah, like I, you know, some of the stuff I say in my head during a game, I probably can't repeat, but yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, I, there's a lot of like when I play and I'm sure, you know, you know, even for forwards, like I talk to myself a lot, not verbally, but I think about a lot of stuff and uh, you know, I, I try to keep um, myself engaged in the game by just kind of following along what's going on, who's on the ice, you know, try to recognize different situations of what's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when I got to college, like that was a big thing for me to keep engaged because the games are longer. So for me to, uh, you know, follow along the play, even though like, you know, I'm, you know, kind of crouched down a little bit more, sitting in the middle of my net, not like ready, but, yeah. you know, I'm watching the game and I'm following along. Like if you, if you ever watch me play, like I, like during whistles, I have stupid routines and stuff, but yeah, yeah. I'm a ritual guy. It's just yeah. like, you know. That's not bad. Like rituals are, I mean, I, I like you gotta think about how much of your time or as a goalie is spent not with the puck in your zone. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Like I, you know, a lot of it is uh, like, I have to do certain things when the, when the, when the puck is uh, frozen, like I'll do certain things. I go, <clears throat> I'll go over to the boards and tap the boards in certain places and then I'll yep. come back and hit the pipes. And, you know, there's a certain number of things I have to do between every whistle and I don't feel right unless I do it evenly. It's I'm weird. Like it's like, it's really weird what I do, but it just keeps me engaged. That's all it does. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, especially for those goalies out there that are on really talented teams where they might only see five to ten shots a game. Like Absolutely. these goalies yeah. need to be creating rituals that are going to help them, you know, yep. get past that. Like be prepared for it, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, it's you know, for me, a lot of it was was keeping my legs loose. I do a lot of skating around. Yep. 
Um, but a, a lot of it is just keeping engaged, like yep. it, uh, you know, keeping my mind, uh, think about certain things and not, you know, not for me, not worrying about too much different detail, but, you know, seeing what's going on. Um, one thing I believe in goaltending is, you know, it's, and I, and I heard this from NHL goalie coaches was that it's not stopping pucks. Like goaltending is not about shots. It's about situations, right? It's about being able to make the correct decisions, uh, within situations, you know, whether, you know, whether you're playing goalie or not playing goalie or whoever's playing goalie, we all have different strengths, right? We talked about yeah. playing our strengths earlier and, and being able to uh, develop a system of play that's going to that's gonna enhance what we do well. So we're all mm -hmm. going to make slightly different decisions, but it's about making the correct decision for ourselves in a given situation that's going to make us be, be a better goalie, right? Yep. So like to be able to do that, I think it allows me to, you know, when I'm doing my rituals to keep sharp, when I'm paying attention to the play on the other side, like my situational uh, awareness, I think is enhanced as well. So I, I believe my decision making is even better when I do stuff like that. So absolutely. Now, um, quick question for you. We got two questions left. Um, I want to. Can you give me some advice to give to uh, parents of goalies that are looking to get their kid to the next level? Um, you know, are we talking? you know, next level, like high school or next level, like college or junior, or let's say a kid who's a peewee and he really wants to, you know, he has goals to make division one hockey. Like what right. were some of the things you would say to the parents or, you know, like advice you'd give at, at that age, you know, yeah. as long as, as long as they enjoy what they're doing, I think, yeah. I think some of the, uh, the best goalies that I've seen and been on the ice with probably have the most fun, yep. um, you know, guys that get paid and, you know, they, they support their family based on, you know, how well they perform mm -hmm. are probably guys that are almost the most relaxed on the ice especially when they're training because you know if they if they dwell on it so much that it's just going to break them right yeah. um so as, as long as they're having fun it's the big thing and and really uh being able to focus on what they want to do and and you know one thing that never gets talked about um when it comes to hockey is the stuff away from the ice like being yeah. a good person right like to make division one yeah you have to be able to play junior and you have to be able to do certain things and if you're a jerk to your teammates and you're a jerk off the ice like there ain't no one that's going to want to be on a team with you yep. so like, when you get to junior you you're trying to get to college like you know you're not going to get there you know yep. you're going to have a really hard road so like things like you know honestly things like focusing on grades is a big thing yep. uh, you know, I tell I tell kids that, that I talk to all the time is, you know, we talk about grades as much as we talk about hockey. So having mm -hmm. having good grades is really going to increase your chance to play at any college, not just Division One, but any college. You oh, have yeah. to get accepted. for the most part, you have to get accepted in the school. Like, <laughs> like University of Wisconsin is going to take an idiot that yeah. doesn't have good grades, no matter how good of a hockey player you are. It's as simple as that. Right. Yep. And uh, like so you have to you have to be able to do have good grades. You have to be uh, efficient in the classroom. And you have to be able to be a good person. Like it's, you know, you talk about, you know, even at the NHL level or a pro hockey level, you talk about guys that keep on getting traded or whatever else because no one wants them around, right? Yeah. So you talk like to me when I talk a kid like, to a kid like that, like it's equal parts hockey and what they can do to develop themselves to be at that level as much as it is for people to understand that the off ice stuff is equally as important, if not more important than the on ice stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's a big part of it as well. Yeah, you talk about you know you brought up culture earlier too, and that's I usually ask a question to some of my uh, other coaches, and the question I usually ask is like, hey, you know, what's a successful team you've been on, and then why is it successful? And culture keeps coming up in all of it, right? We had great culture, the guys were tight knit, yep. and that's it's it's awesome that you brought up, you know, like being a good teammate and being a good locker room guy because that's that's huge. I mean, oh, like yeah. 
if, if you want to stick around and you want to be on a successful team, then usually it entails you buying in to the, to the, the culture of the team and, yep. and then not just buying in, but being a part of it, you know, like yep. adding to that culture. And I think that's something kids sometimes they don't un quite understand is that like, it's not just being a part of the team and getting along with everybody, but it's adding to that culture, adding to that. Yeah, line, what, right. What piece of the puzzle are you going to bring? Right. Yeah. Everyone's a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're going to be successful at anything, whether it's hockey or a job or whatever else, you have to be a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. And if you can't recognize yourself as a piece of the puzzle, or you think that you're above whatever position that you're in, yep. like, you're not going to go anywhere past your peewee team. It's <laughs> as simple as that, right? You might be a high school all-star, but you know, good luck in the rest of the world because you're not going past past that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and it's and that's one thing that that I think brings a lot of value with coaches at a young level creating that culture is that mm -hmm. those things are not only going to apply to their on ice lives, but everything else on top of that. It's, yeah. I think hockey is a unique thing where it's, it's not just like, and I, I never played basketball or football, so I can't really mm -hmm. say this to be accurate, but um, you're not just going to the basketball court and playing basketball and going home. Like you live and breathe hockey. If you're a hockey family, you're a hockey family and everything kind of revolves around it yeah. and, and creating that culture on the ice is going to, positively reflect to anything that they do off the ice as well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that's where, you know, a good coach that communicates well and, you know, it has really good positive reinforcement can really impact a kid's lives. That's going to carry with them for the rest of their life, you know, yeah. besides hockey. One of the things that I think, and I want goalies to know, and this is, this is dead on true. I can tell you that, um, um, you know, it's something that, it's about being a good teammate and things like that is that like for me as a player, like, uh, and I'll use my brother as an example. Like I, I wasn't always known for being the most defensively sound player. Um, you know, no, I, shocked, I, I'm shocked. I, I like to score goals and, and like, and you know what, like when the games counted, I always made sure that I always was defensively responsible and I always, I always did it. But like when I got the opportunity to play with my brother for the first time in a game, I will tell you there has been no other harder time in my life where I tried defensively. Like I was all in, like I was back checking. You, I was, you realized how hard hockey is at that point, right? Yeah, and I didn't like it. <laughs> um. But I, I gotta tell us the goalies sometimes too. It's like you don't realize that sometimes the boys in front of you will play for you. Like, oh, yeah. they'll well, I mean, for you. I mean, just just something uh, recently. I mean, I, I keep on bringing the NHL up, but yep. just point of reference because everyone kind of sees that as a as a visual aspect. Yep. Um, you know, look at the Carolina Hurricanes when they brought in the the e bug goalie yep. against Toronto, right? Like, I, I read a lot about that afterwards, and <laughs> I mean, like they had to have played the best defensive game that the NHL yep. has ever seen um to it's a good a good powerful offense in toronto right yep. and uh yeah it's, it's just one of those things that like in the end especially at the nhl you, those guys are so good like you just probably don't notice when they're not trying that hard but like you watch that game and like they're like they're busting their butt yes. on the defensive zone in the middle of january whenever it was where the games yep. don't really matter that much and those guys are we're killing it in the defensive zone. I mean, you can see when they when they kick it up a gear, they're playing like almost playoff style hockey at that yep. point. And yeah, that, uh, yeah, go that, ahead. That's huge because, like, I mean, I, I saw it. I, and you see it at the college level, and you see it like, you know, if if you as a goalie are all in with your teammates, like they're going to reciprocate that right back yeah, to you. Percent, right? And, and, that's, and that's being a piece of the puzzle, right? Yep. You know, and uh, I, I think the coach creates that at yep. youth levels. So not just, you know, saying, 
you know, you know, and I have an example for this uh, from a kid um, that I talked to their parents and the kid ended up quitting hockey. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, the coach was on the bench and every time the kid let in a goal, he would say something like maybe underneath his breath, but say something out loud. Yep. And the kid was a ban on and mm -hmm. the whole team would hear it. And it'd be a negative thing and the entire team would hear it, you know. And then all of a sudden, the, the kids would take that to the locker room and say the same stuff to the kid in the locker room mm -hmm. when the coach wasn't around, right? Because the coach is verbalizing something negative, you know, yep. on the bench because the kid letting a crappy goal, right? Yep. So it's creating that culture. Yeah, you say stuff, you know, especially when you're on the bench, like you don't think about that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, but like everything that you say and you do is gonna pop, is gonna impact these kids. Like these kids look at you to be the leader of their team, whether you, you know, if you're a coach or if you're a coach or a parent. <laughs> on the bench right so anything that you say and you do is going to positively or, or negatively react for these kids right yep so like you know perfect example is this you know this kid who ended up quitting hockey because these kids on his team would constantly haze him and they yep. were constantly making fun of the kid because of everything that the coach was saying on the bench yep and they were repeating exactly the same thing that the coach was saying on the bench when this other kid was playing goalie obviously the kid couldn't hear it yep. but all the other kids could hear it and so when the coach wasn't around I guess was getting repeated in the locker room, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So I I think that uh, you know the coach has a lot to do, probably more than do, especially at the youth level, than what they think they what you know kind of goes through their head and how much they actually impact these kids. Yeah, that's also. I mean, like you think about that, it doesn't just go to the coach or the assistant coaches. Think about all the the you know we call them car ride confessions home from the players' coaches or the players yeah. of the parents, right? Like. Yeah. And, and sometimes you're in the car, like parents, I, I know parents that are guilty of this, like all the time. And, and the, the first thing they're doing is pointing the finger, like, well, if your goalie would have played better, you'd have won. And then what's right. going through that player's head, right? Well, my goalie yep. should have done that, which is like, you're, you're totally, and then it's, a, then it becomes its own self-fulfilling prophecy where that kid may make that comment to the, you know, the goalie when the coaches aren't around or things like that. And like yeah. we said, you're just crushing the number one player on your team's confidence. Like, what are you 100%. thinking? Like, and, and, and you don't, you, as a parent, like you may not understand hockey that well. Maybe you yep. do, maybe you don't, or maybe you weren't a goalie, so you don't understand that part of it. Or maybe you know you you grew up in the era like we did, yep. and when people said stuff. You you know you're just expected to suck it up, right? Yep. And um, you know nowadays it's just not like that. Like kids don't react the same way that we did, or maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe it's you know we like for me like I had to suck it up no matter what I was feeling or thinking, and mm -hmm. I just had to go out and do what I needed to do, right? And, um, you know, kids just aren't like that, in, in, you know, today. And it's a constantly evolving game. And, uh, you know, these kids nowadays are going to be the kids that change the game later. Yep. Like, it's, it's as simple as that. Like these mites and peewees and squirts, like when they get to be college and beyond, like they're going to change the game somehow. Like yep. they will change hockey. They will evolve hockey somehow. And the way that we treat these kids is going to reflect on which way hockey goes. Yep. And, you know, and I think that's something that no one really thinks about, you know, your average eight-year-old is going to change the game of hockey, right? It's, it's as simple yeah. as that. Like, you know, you know, like when we were kids, I'm sure coaches weren't thinking about that yep. when, when they're, you know, yelling and screaming at us, you know, the tough love, as you put it. Right. Yep. Um, you know, but like we're in a position now where we're, we're changing the game. Like when we were growing up and we were playing, like yep. we, we were changing the game because it was distinctively different then than it was when we were eight years old. And these kids that are eight years old, the game's going to be distinctively different now than it is when they're 20, 30 years old. Yep. And the way that we coach them and the way that we shape them is going to make an impact on what they do later in their lives for hockey or anything else. Yep. And they're, you know, these kids are going to absolutely change the game of hockey. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. You, th you, th you, you kind of, uh, you, you talk about it too. It's like, 
the amount of pressures on a goalie and a goalie's parent, right? Yeah. Like, like when a kid, like I, I saw it. I just my, dad, my dad would never sit by anybody. Like, my yeah, dad like in the corner. Like when your kid gives up, like I, I always feel bad for the goalie parent out there, right? Because their right. kid gives up a goal they should have had, and the parent knows it. But right. that's the problem. Is like that parent knows there's like thirty eyes on them, and you right. like, and it's and then like sometimes you feel like you're on an island by yourself out there. Your kid's having a bad game, right? And you're right. And, I tell you, I've seen a, a, the, the better side of it too, where, where I've seen parents go up to that goalie parent and like, you know, put an arm around and be like, it's not like, it's not his fault, man. Right, like, right. Don't worry about it. And and those right. are the things that I hope parents sometimes are like other parents or players sometimes get is that like, you need your goalie, yep. but you also need, you also need your goalie's parents there for the support oh, yeah. system with your goalie. And if you're sitting there, you know, he gives up three soft ones that cost you the game. Like he knows everyone's looking at his kid. He knows everyone's looking at him. Like, right. Ease up, like just be be the be that comfort for that goalie parent who then in turn on the car ride home is going to be that shoulder for the yep. sounding board for that goalie in the car to say it's okay, man. You're going to bounce back, and that's especially when they're younger, right? Yeah. I mean, as as goalies, as goalie parents go through when the goalies age, like they start realizing certain things that are going to happen, mm-hmm. and I think the car ride home for the most part becomes a lot more positive as. Yep. You know, as goalie parents even get experience with their yep. goalie playing, right? Where at the younger levels, like they're listening to the parents, they're listening to all this stuff that's going on, yep. and that's going to be a negative reinforcement thing for the car ride home or whatever yep. it may be, right? I'm actually pretty impressed on how aware you are of all this kind of stuff. <laughs> well, you gotta remember, I got a I got a brother who's a goalie, right? right. And right. Uh, so, like, I I remember being that observer in the stand. Like, I remember feeling guilty because I my brother's seven years younger than me. Yeah. And I will tell you, I took ownership of his like development. Like I, like I genuinely, like, we had such an age gap where I was, I was, I genuinely wanted him to succeed. Like right. I, I was there for him. I wanted him to, to be a better hockey player. I wanted him to make it. So like when I go to games and watch him, I, I felt like sometimes I was like there with him. Like I was like, man, like, and he gave up a soft goal and I'd be like, oh no. Like, you know, I got right. It hurt, and right. so I kind of sometimes even feel like I know what he went through, and I want to make sure that like that parents out there, because I was that parent, I was that brother coming out of right. the ring. Like I, as a sibling, I can't tell you though, like another sibling, but man, you're really stunk today, and I'd be like, like shut up, like leave him alone, like you know what I mean? Like right. It's it, it, the thing is like it doesn't just start with players. Like it starts with the you know you got to think about the goalie parents out there because they're that emotional support system that needs to be there for that goalie to rebound for your next game, right? And and I think a lot of the the parent stuff comes from them just not understanding hockey. I mean, don't get yep. me wrong. There's a lot of people that understand hockey really well. Yep. Um, but some parents, for the most part, don't understand how the situation unfolds, right? Yep. All they see is the puck in the back of the net, and all of a sudden, it's the goalie's fault, right? Yeah. And um, you know, it it could been it could have been a, a two on one where the yep. defense then took the wrong guy, and the pass came across, yep. and you know, a wide open net or whatever it may be. But it ends up being the goalie not getting across fast enough, and not the defense been blowing his coverage, right? Yeah. So like you know, not understanding hockey, I think uh, adds to that. Um, but I think, you know, the, the more positive vibes you can throw out there, like it, it, you know, I keep on, I sound like a broken record, but I I think the more and more that we understand that, you know, goaltenders need confidence and goaltenders, you know, rely on that positive reinforcement, like any other eight-year-old kid or nine-year-old kid or whatever. Right. And that, you know, even though they might know it's their fault, right. Especially as they understand, you know, the position as they get older, they might know it. 
but knowing that, okay, shake it off. Let's go out and do it again. Right. Yep. Or knowing that, you know, who really cares, right. You know, mm -hmm. what are, what are our overall goals here? Are we, are we worried about a, you know, a, a, a game on a 9 a.m. on Saturday morning in the middle of December? Are we, are we going to worry about, you know, creating good habits and creating that positive reinforcement so you can succeed when you're in high school or you want to go play division one or, or yep. whatever else after that. Right. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I always, I always have these conversations with parents and like, I always tell them like, I don't care if your kid wins a game <laughs> like, yeah. they're, and they're coming to my camps and they're telling, and they're like, get trying to get they're they're, they're, they're looking for the development part of it. And I'm like, I don't care if your kid wins a game, yeah. right? Like, you know, let's, let's develop the skills. Let's develop that foundation. Cause when he gets the, you know, a high level bantam or high school or midgets or whatever it may be like, that's when it starts to matter a little bit more yeah. depending on what his goals are. Right. Yeah. But your average PWB kid, like he gets beat top shelf, like, okay, let's work on it. <laughs> Like who cares, yeah. right? And that's and that's and, and there's a and there's a lot of time in there's a lot of time in financial investment in hockey to understand yeah. that. But like, what are we investing in? I think you know what's what what are you looking for for your return on your investment? Mm -hmm. Are you looking for you know uh, you know your peewee season to win a state championship, or are you looking for the things in life that can help him succeed? You know whether his goals are Division One or to play in college or to play junior or you know maybe he might be done in high school and takes those those uh, things that he learned in hockey and apply them to his everyday job or school or whatever he may go to. Yeah. You know, what, what are you looking for, for your return on your investment and hockey is an investment, no matter which way you swing it, like it's not cheap, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, you know, it all depends on what you're looking for. And I, I think sometimes parents have the wrong vision on what they're focusing on. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's a lot of the big problem too. Yeah. Well, well, awesome. This has been an amazing interview. I just want to say this has been I mean, like I I I love doing the goalie ones because I learned so right. much. Like I yeah. uh, we didn't really talk about goaltending that much. It was just really Yeah. As we start talking more and evolves, it kind of makes you it may rethink your philosophies and the way you concept and the way you talk to goalies and the parents and yeah, everything absolutely. how it works. And like and that's what I love about this. Is like it's it's uh, my brother was telling me the other day. He's like, man, I can see you your philosophies on coaching have changed since I've started these. And I'm like, it has. Like it's it's yeah, it, it, You know, and, and and I think that's one thing that you know, even for me and in, in, in doing what I do, like I am constantly learning. Yep. Like I seek out ways that I can learn more. Like whether it's going to you know goaltending, you know consulting camps, or working with guys like Mitch. And guys that are, you know, creating that culture for goalie coaches, like I learn so much every year. And like people have come to my camps and I talk about when I'm looking, when I look back at some of my camps when I was, when I first started, I'm like, oh my God, like what, what was I doing? Like that's, that's part of my, my philosophy and part of my thought process that I'm a student of the game. Yep. Like I'm constantly learning. I make mistakes. There's things I did last year even where I'm like, oof, man, I'm not doing that again. Right. Trial and error, whatever it may be. But like I'm always learning something, and I think that's you know one thing that you know whether you're a, a player, a parent, or a coach, if you're constantly in the evolution of the game and constantly want to evolve yourself as a coach or a parent or evolve yourself as a player, like you have to be consistently learning something. Mm -hmm. You know whether whether you know we're talking like this and you learn something, yep. or you know I'm talking to you and I learn something from you, whatever it may be, right? If as long yep. as we're open to it. Like we're always going to be getting better. And as long as we're one day better, like that's all that really matters. Absolutely. And uh, you know, constantly evolving, constantly getting better. Absolutely. Well, once again, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Um, this has been this has been awesome. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I'm hoping other people yeah, out there do. But do you have uh, any last well, things to add? 
I, I, you know, it's, 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 you know, I talked about it earlier. Like, it's really weird talking to the camera. Like, I, I can't get used to this, but like, I, I just enjoy like being able to talk goalie, like, especially in times like these. Like, I don't really get to talk goalie that much, I, you know, and, uh, you know, being able to do this and uh, share it with everybody, you know, whoever's, whoever's watching, whoever's listening, and, you know, be able to share my thoughts, especially like stuff that's not directly technical to goaltending. Yep. But something that's a little deeper about goaltending is awesome. I never get to talk about this stuff, so it's uh, it's awesome to be able to do it. Awesome. Well, uh, that's it for us, guys. Remember to join us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at noon on Facebook Live. Um, this Wednesday, I have Coach Nick Silver. Uh, he's he owns Silver Hockey School out in California, so he's going to be an interesting guest to come on and talk hockey, especially in a in a uh, in a area that probably not a, a lot of us from the Midwest don't know a whole lot about. Um, but hey, like what I said, California is he from? But I, it's the, I want to say it's where the gold, gold rush hockey. Where oh, it's, it's like the, LA area. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I, that's that tell you what LA area for hockey right now is booming. Oh yeah. There's, well, there's more hockey players now in California than I heard that there is in, um, I think California just passed. I want to say it was either Michigan. Yeah. Or it's, like it's yeah, big, and I was like, in California, especially like Southern California, there's a yes. ton of hockey. And like another place I was not to tangent yeah. you off here, but like another place I was really surprised about was Nashville. Like Nashville's hockey scene is unbelievable. I've heard that too. I've heard. Yeah. Um, you see, on uh, there's a lot of people that are um, they're hiring a lot of like hockey directors and things, and I right. consistently see that that Nashville, not like Tennessee, like I'm like, wow, it's kind of never like thought that. Crazy about hockey. They are absolutely crazy about hockey down there. They might even have you know better hockey fans in the Midwest sometimes. Like we we take it for granted, right? Yeah. We're yeah. like hockey there is new, so like they're crazy about it. Like you, you can't you can't walk around Nashville without seeing like you know smash hats or you know yeah. some sort of hockey related predators hats. It's amazing. It really yeah. is. One thing I, <clears throat> uh, I I talk about which I love about um, those markets like Nashville and and California, and I've met some people from those areas. I met parents. One of the things I love about them is when you have a new concept that's totally out there, right? It's totally right. different, non-traditional. They're like, yeah, let's check it. Let's let's try it. Like, oh, yeah. They're more open to it. And then you try doing something like like we're in Fond du Lac that might be a little bit, <laughs> you know, like not what we're used to. Like right. people are like, no, no, we're done. Like, uh, right. I, I get, you know, when I go to like Minnesota, like because just the way I learn coaching goalies. Um, I learned from Mitch Korn, who's like known for being like outside the box thinking when it comes to yep. goaltending, right? And like I do things differently. I try to do things differently. That's just what I want. I want, yep. you know, I I'm, I'm a big fan of, and I'm sure you agree with this, of kids learning from different people, right? Yeah. You know, every kid learns a little bit different. Every kid is a little bit different as far as you know how they're going to play. They're all individuals. So you take a little piece of everything and kind of evolve it into your own little space and your own little area for your game, your structure. You're gonna get better right so yeah. like i i try to learn things differently and i take a different approach on how i i uh, present it actually one of the best pieces of advice i got and i'll share it with everybody and i got it from ryan honick and i tell him this all the time and uh, he's the he's the central district goalie coordinator he's he asked me this is like i graduated college in 2017 actually we didn't talk about the vision stuff but yeah. i have a, i have a, a ba in biology with a neuroscience yeah. uh, concentration and I graduated in 2017. And, you know, the day after my graduation, I drove from Marquette, Michigan to Chicago. And I had a one hour ice session with uh, Ryan Honick, who was actually the Green Bay Gambler goalie coach at the time. <laughs> and afterwards, he asked me, and this is before I really even knew him at all. He asked me if I was working with Mitch or who I was working for. 
And he's like, I'm going to give you the best piece of advice. He's like, we all teach the same thing, right? There's only so many ways you can teach goaltending, but the way that you present the information and what, to, and what it makes the guys really good versus the guys that are not very good is how you present your information, how you, you know, establish that way of talking to kids and, yep. and talking to your, to your, uh, your goalies. Right. And like, I, after that, I spent just as much time learning how to coach goalies as much as I learned how to actually present information and how to be able to uh, talk to my goalies and, and talk to people. Right. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's something you don't really think about. And it was probably the best piece of advice I ever got for goaltending. Where, you know, <laughs> Why did you lead with that? I know, sorry. <laughs> right. Uh, hopefully, hopefully they hung around for this far. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's probably the best piece of advice I ever got was, you know, really work on, you know, how you're presenting your information. You yep. may know something, you may know, you know, what you're, what you're talking about in your head, but how are you going to present it to the kid for them to understand it? Yep. And, you know, and as much as I learn about goaltending, I learn about that. And, you know, honestly, anyone that's been to the camps over the years can see a distinct difference year to year on how I mm -hmm. present that information because I'm all, I'm constantly learning myself. And I'm constantly evolving what I do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's extremely important, no matter if you're coaching forwards or goalies or, you know, teaching a classroom, right? Like, yep. it's, uh, you know, learning is learning and people are people and you just got to learn how to manage them and learn how to talk to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to have to end it there. We're probably going to have to have me on again. So I just want to say thanks to everybody again. Um, this has been awesome. Um, so everyone out there, stay safe, have fun, um, and good luck with everything. Uh, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, no problem, buddy. Anytime. Yeah, take it easy. All right, so.